0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashwin, and today we are talking about Hagazusa from 2017. Directed and written by Lucas Feigelfeld, starring Alexandra Quinn, Selena Peter, Claudia Martini, and Tanya Petrovsky. In this movie, a young mother struggling to endure life as a pariah in her tiny mountain community in the 16th century finds hope when she meets a new friend. And this is a request from our friend Blake. Uh, And Blake is one of the hosts of the podcast Midweek Matinee, so go check that out. They've got a really great show. Always intelligent discussions on a wide variety of movies every week. So check them out. And speaking of Blake, Ashwin, we've never formally thanked our patreon supporters on the show oh yeah you're right he's one of them he is so yeah i I just want to take a moment to thank blake and moon monk and becca and margo and kelly that's everybody who's supported us or ever supported us on patreon we really appreciate it uh all we really want for you guys is to listen and enjoy the show and we love doing the show but it does cost us money so thanks to everybody who helped us out with that yeah thanks a lot guys Uh, yeah And if you do wanted to do Patreon, you just, I think a dollar a month is probably the minimum, but I'm sure you can just, I mean, and people have done that. You can just subscribe for however long you want and then cancel it. You're not, you're not indebted to us forever. (laughs) (laughs) Send us all your, all your goat's milk forever. Yes. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. This is going to be a gross episode. If you're eating (laughs) something, you might want (laughs) to... Yeah. you might good. want to pause and come back when you're not consuming milk <laughs> oh man yeah yeah I, I think I was just telling you I just had some ice cream so it probably wasn't the best thing to have before. dude that's weird because I ate ice cream during this oh man <laughs> nothing had happened yet though so I was like something tells me I don't want to be eating ice cream during this movie so I paused it nice. watched some garbage on YouTube and then came back that's good I'm glad I didn't disturb your ice cream uh, eating pleasure
1: yeah, I really made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of ice cream, though, is there such thing as goat's milk ice cream? I would think so, right? That, yeah. Why not? Yeah, that actually sounds really good. I mean, like, goat's milk cheese is great, so yeah, I feel like they should be
0: making ice cream out of it. I'm sure they are. Yeah, I hope so. We'll seek some out. We'll Google it after the show. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so this is kind of a period piece. Maybe a witches subgenre?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, which is subjon and then uh, period piece. Any idea what the,
0: what period we're talking about here? It's the fifteen hundreds. Oh, how did you know that? Uh, I watched a brief interview with Lucas Feiglfeld. Oh man,
1: okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Period, uh, and, and then uh, would you? I, I know we just watched like a movie by an Austrian director, and we talked about like that whole misery, uh, grief, porn kind of idea. Uh, would you consider that as part of this as well?
0: I think it kind of is like I'm hesitant to say so because one of the like and this is I think the term misery porn has typically been applied to stuff like uh the fault in our stars you know that like genre of fiction where like yeah someone is sick and dying and the whole stories about that I guess yeah. but um I'm kind of just like slapping that onto horror movies too I don't know if that's a thing people have said about horror movies or not but like The criteria, in my mind, is the characters start out miserable, get more miserable, and then the end is even more miserable than you could have imagined. (laughs) But I don't know if the characters start out completely miserable in this. Uh, yeah. It seems like there's a bit of a loving relationship between mother and daughter. That's true.
1: Yeah, it isn't like the most bleakest or saddest of situations, at least like for the first 10 minutes, maybe.
0: Right, but they're still like you still get the vibe that they're outcasts and right. they're alone. The two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's very much skirting the, skirting that misery porn. It is and, genre, and, and I think you mentioned like Blake is a fan of that genre, right? He seems to be a fan of like he would probably get angry for if we put that phrase it like that <laughs> that he's a fan of misery porn, but he's definitely seems to enjoy like a darker, more depressing movie than. Than I typically do, right? Yeah, yeah. But the (laughs) midweek matinee does not cover exclusively dark and depressing movies. In case anyone's thinking, let's get to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, I I feel like dark and depressing has a place in horror, but um, yeah, it's it's hard to go uh, too deep into that. And then yeah, this one I think adds like another layer of like just really slowness that uh, like kind of compounds the darkness and the depressing nature of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really, I think bleak is the right word for these type of movies. Sure. That that kind of seems to be a theme with these Austrian filmmakers, right? I guess it does. I mean, I can't think of many other Austrian movies that we've seen, but going back in my mind, then, yeah. Or even like some German horror movies, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: isn't Funny Games German? I think so, yeah, right. Although I've never actually seen that movie. Oh, I thought we saw that once. I think you've seen it. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just like a yeah, a European style of horror that's like pretty popular. It's very bleak horror. Which, you, you, yeah. you've got some filmmakers here, too, that are doing that, right? Like whoever that guy is that did Gretel. Uh, who, what's that guy's name again? Yeah, Osgood Perkins. Right. Isn't that very much his style? Yeah, it is. Maybe even Ari Aster. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking of Ari Aster when I saw this. I, I kind of felt like someone maybe took Ari Aster too far when they saw this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners, Rob, said it was like Ari Aster got drunk and tried to make the witch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's very appropriate. <laughs> and, um, and that's a lot of this. That is the name that you will hear a lot in the reviews of this movie, it's often compared to The Witch from, what was that, 2015? Did did you feel that, like, while you were watching it, like, ah, this is very similar to The Witch? You know, it's hard not to think that, but at the same time, it's not quite, you know? Yeah, yeah, to me- It's a similar time period, um, and it involves
1: witches- yeah, yeah, and and like there are goats uh, too, but uh, I don't know. To me, it kind of uh, made me realize kind of what was so different about the witch in terms of yeah that family dynamic um, and yeah different setting like not the Austrian Alps but like the U.S. or I assume the U.S. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, I think
0: that was like New England, right? Supposed right. to be. It which which it, yeah it definitely feels a lot less bleak than this one. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's kind of like these uh, pastoral settings too that I think often gets movies like this lumped into, like, folk horror a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Which, uh, this kind of, maybe could kind of be folk horror now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, isn't the term Hagazusa, uh, isn't it like, a reference to
0: folklore or witch folklore or something? Yeah, like, um, so the, th- there's, like, a th- subtitle, too, Hagazusa, A Heathen's Curse. Yeah. And, like, on the cover of the movie, it says, A Gothic folktale. Right, yeah, and Hagazusa is a high, old high German term for witch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 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 and it's similar to like when we talk about folk horror, we're talking about movies like The Wicker Man, um, Witchfinder General, right? Apostle is a modern one, and a lot of times uh, like witches and persecution from the church mm-hmm. is kind of a theme there. Yeah, there's a lot of that. That they definitely hit on that on this one.
1: Pastoral settings. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's kinda of right up that genre. Yeah. I thought Hagazusa was uh, a noise people make when they sneeze. That's, a, <laughs> that's what it's named after. Gazoon <laughs> type. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs>
0: um so this premiered at Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas in twenty seventeen, but it did not get a US release until twenty nineteen. Just a limited release, and did you see it was distributed by Music Box Films? No, that's awesome. The one Which, in Chicago uh, runs the Music Box Theater. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. No, I, I told I didn't see that at all. And I think they released it in partnership with Bloody Disgusting, the website. Oh, cool. All right, were you? Yeah. Was this on your radar outside of Blake mentioning it? It was. I had heard some buzz about it um, over the past couple of years. Okay,
1: I don't think I'd ever heard of it before.
0: Yeah, the horror mover and shakers on Twitter talk about it sometimes. So it was it was actually on my own like personal list. Oh, okay. Of movies to, I think I had like 2019 movies I still needed to watch, and it was on there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and yeah. it seems like it's like created a pretty big buzz and has like really good reviews. It does. It's got like a ninety-five percent on some or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but then, then like the IMDb or something is like four out of ten or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I meant to look at what the user score was on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's. I pretty thought low. IMDb was more like six out of ten or something. Oh maybe, yeah maybe.
1: Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those films I think that really have critics and audiences divided.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's got that vibe. Yeah. And this was the director's feature film de- debut, and it was his film school graduation project, crowdfunded.
1: You know, I was going to ask you, because I, I kept reading it was his graduation uh, project or whatever, but I never saw film school. So I was wondering, like, is it high school graduation, middle school graduation?
0: Are we sure it's, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> film school graduation? Uh, yeah,
0: the interview I watched, he was at the lunch table eating his brown paper bag lunch. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's Got a noogie mind. in the middle of the interview. Yeah, that now that makes sense now. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is named after a sneeze, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Kid has really bad allergies, so that's what they <laughs> call him in class. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, so,
1: but it is uh, for sure film school? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Is this... Uh, he's, a,
0: he's a grown man in the interview. All right. And it, it, is it his uh, third film? You know... I thought that as well, but if I if you dig into those other two movies on IMDb that do not have the uh, uh, qualification that they're shorts right next to them, mm-hmm. they're still only about 45 to 55 minutes long, so I'm not sure that that counts as a feature length.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: So. Yeah. So that's how it can be called
1: his first feature film. Interesting. And then, yeah, crowdfunding, that, That's that's crazy. I mean, it didn't seem like a big budget production or anything. It didn't, but it was also,
0: like, very high production values. True, true, yeah. Really good cinematography, great music and sound design. Yeah, right. Awesome acting. Amazing acting, yeah. That's true. That's another thing we often see with these, like, really bleak, depressing ones. It's like, in some ways, they're flawless, but at the same time, they're hard to watch and often kind of light on story. Oh, you're saying in some ways these films are flawless? Yeah, like they're just like really well done, like well-made movies, I would say. Um, yeah, Th- these ones that are like kind of minimalist and, and bleak, you mean? Yeah, like at least some of the ones, I'm not saying like by default, a bleak, these bleak depressing movies are going to be like that, but a lot of yeah. the ones we've talked about, like um, The Lodge or sick, Killing of a Sacred Deer or Hereditary, like right. just really well-filmed, well-made movies. Yeah.
1: It's almost like they find that note or that tone and like they just kind of stick to that like really hard and are able to kind of perfect it
0: yeah they're very atmospheric very they're all kind of art house I guess I got it got
1: <laughs> yeah I got an issue with art house because uh, yeah I, I think coming into this movie I assume like oh art horror or whatever and when people give it that label are they implying like other movies aren't like artistic?
0: Yeah, um, one thing, I will credit Lady Phantom with this. I can't remember if I've heard her talk about this on Horror Movie Weekly or movies in 4K, but she's like, there's a difference between artsy and artistic, I think she said. Okay. Like, and you kind of know it when you see it. Like, an artsy movie really basks in its unusualness to a certain extent. Sure. And it will take more risks and, like just hang on one shot for an exceptionally long time or go off into some uh trippy scene that doesn't even make that much sense with the narrative sure um they kind of take more liberties and step out of the box a little bit more yeah in my mind but you can still make a very artistic movie that's a little more viewer friendly if that makes sense yeah. So artsy is
1: more like the directors like full of themselves and is willing to like do what makes them happy. Whereas like artistic is like you, you got the audience in mind and you're creating something that, you know, is going to like resonate with people.
0: That would be the translation for schlubs like us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, I agree. It's pretty artsy for sure. Yeah. That I've, uh, I remember in college when I like started reading music reviews mm-hmm. and sp- like in reviews, people would call something like that masturbatory, oh yeah, <laughs> and it really makes sense, like yeah, the director just being like, "What can I do here?" and like, how long can I hold this shot?" and <laughs> let's see what this looks like, and yeah, you know, exactly. there's nothing inherently bad about that, but
1: there is at a certain
0: yeah. point you do have to uh, I feel like sometimes the viewer is lost, yeah, like, yeah. You're not no longer keeping the viewer in mind, or maybe you very much are. It's just that you're targeting a different kind of viewer, right? Yeah, there's those that like there's an audience for this. Like maybe it's like five people or
1: whatever, but yeah, someone out there is like getting off on it. Right. It's not. It's not like pop. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything else? Should we go into the Ohio connection?
1: Uh, no. I mean, yeah, there isn't much background on this one. Uh, so yeah, good. Let's do yeah. the Ohio
0: connection. All right. From our friend Alex, who runs the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio, Alex says, Hagazusa was distributed in the U.S. by the Chicago-based production company Music Box Films, more specifically their international subsidiary, Doppelganger Releasing. Their releases include the critically acclaimed mountain climbing documentary, Meru, as well as the original Swedish, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Trilogy. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's a big one. According to their website, Music Box Films also are behind the upcoming U.S. distribution of the U.K. film Beats. The film was adapted from a play of the same name and follows the story of two teens in the early 90s trying to get into an, into an illegal rave. And mm-hmm. on June 26, 2020, Cleveland Cinema Group announced it would be hosting a virtual screening of Beats, which will also include a QA and a with director Brian Welsh and executive producer Steven Soderbergh. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're past that date. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, but Alex says Cleveland Cinema Group is based in Cleveland, Ohio, and one of their flagship theaters is the historic Capitol Theatre in Gordon Square, literally eight doors down from his house. And since their theaters remain closed due to COVID-19, you can support them via virtual screenings. So cool. you can go to clevelandcinemas.com, and it's pretty cool that like some of the stuff they would normally have running in their theater, you can, you can watch on the computer. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I assume you make a small donation, but yeah, they've got like yeah. smaller arts here fair, or maybe I should say more artistic fair. <laughs> yeah. Artistic I'm into. Uh,
1: it's clevelandcinemas.com?
0: Yeah. clevelandcinemas.com. Right.
1: Cool. Damn. That's a good connection. I was, I was really wondering how he was going to bring this one back to Ohio. It's a good one. Yeah.
0: Hard to do for a German crowdfunded movie. German-Austrian yeah. co-production, that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably as bizarre as it gets. So yeah, check out clevelandcinemas.com, and if you live in the Cleveland area, swing by Jukebox Bar and Restaurant. They're doing pickup for beer and wine, and I think they've got food now, too, pierogies. So go get yourself a treat safely from your car. Sounds pretty good. And with that, buddy, do you mind if I pause this for a quick second before we start to spoil everything and walk through the plot? Sure. That sounds... Yeah. Let's let's pause it. Okay. I got to go outside, and uh, I can't remember if I told you, but I've got a goat. Oh, cool. No, you didn't tell me that. That's great. Yeah. So I got to go milker and then I'll be right back. All right. All right. Be right back. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, you got your milk? Yeah, man, that was that was incredible. <laughs> uh why, what, what something happened? I, I'll I'll just say I highly recommend it, man. The 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 goat milking experience? Goat milking. Yeah. I'm nice. feeling relaxed and I'm ready to tackle this. <laughs> you sound like a new man. <laughs> <laughs> you mind holding on again? I'm gonna go milk this goat <laughs> one more time. Um <laughs>
1: uh hey uh before you dive into the plot here um how much of the plot did you get watching the movie versus reading about it
0: afterwards um i think i got all of it wow there's a lot of stuff that's still questionable though and i think some liberties were taken with whoever wrote this wikipedia plot there's some things that are just wrong
1: I don't know, I, I kind of like, I'm convinced the director uh, wrote the Wikipedia page, because like the level of detail on there, I, I don't feel like is anywhere in the movie, and even like kind of uh, get to the context of like some of what was happening on screen, like he had to have been the uh, the filmmaker or something, I mean, I, I don't know, I feel like watching the movie and then reading about it are like two separate pieces that you have to do together to understand what even happened here. But Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. there
0: are some like jumps of logic, like there's yeah. no way to know what the person wrote in the plot description.
1: Exactly. But somehow, like, the Wikipedia page knows, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious then. I I guess we'll see if if, uh, we agree on
0: what happened here. Okay. And I think there are still some things that are maybe open for interpretation, so. Okay. I look forward to see what you've got to say about that. Sure. (laughs) Um, So, we start. It's uh, very cold and atmospheric. It's it's wintertime, so it's literally cold as well. And a girl and her mother, a young girl, are living in a cabin in the mountains. It's like the Middle Ages. There's a tense moment where some men come to their cabin door, or yeah, their little hut or whatever, and they shout into them that they're witches and they should be burned, but then they go away. Everything's fine. Um, and Did they're going you- to live in. Oh, go ahead. Oh, what did what, you think of, of this opening? Because
1: I, I feel like a, a lot of this uh, was like setting the tone, right? Like the scenery and then like the visuals on those, those guys who came to the door were like with the, the torches. Yeah, they like were covered in goat skins or something. Is that what that was? I, I couldn't tell what was going on there.
0: That's but, what it says in the Wikipedia plot. <laughs>
1: See that? How did this person know so much?
0: <laughs> um, I like the tone and the the mood here, and the the music in the first three minutes of the movie like really pulled me in. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's one of the things that really jumped out to me too. It's it's that it's like a Greek uh, electronic group, right? Like
0: M M M D or something. Yeah, yeah, it was very like drone droning, and it was it got a little monotonous as the movie went on, but I thought it was pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um. So this girl, her name is Albrin. Her mother soon falls ill, and dude, the first thirty minutes of this movie is her caring for her sick mother. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's a slow start. This is like the backstory of the movie. Taking mm-hmm. this long. Um, and and this is also, oh, this is also like the first chapter, right? Called like Shadow or something. Oh yeah, I forgot. This is like divided into four chapters. This one's called Shadows. Right. Her mother's like wheezing and struggling to keep food down and vomiting. She's got like these boils all over her body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the sound design was really effective and pretty gross. Like, uh, what, like the vomiting noises and stuff? When I think of this movie, I just think of like chewing and moaning and wheezing and vomiting. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of gross sounds. Like bodily, like gross bodily sounds. Yeah. Moaning. Right? Yeah. The moaning comes into play later. Okay. Um so this goes on and on. One night her mother calls for her to climb into bed with her. <laughs> and dude, I just got totally taken off guard in this scene, man. Uh yeah. they're like snuggling and I'm thinking like, oh, this is like kinda heartwarming. She's sniffing the girl's hair. Uh huh. And I'm thinking like she knows she's about to die and she's soaking up like one last moment with her daughter. Yeah, right. Well she starts sniffing her hair like a little too much. And her hands are moving around under the covers and you see the girl wince and her mom pulls her finger out of the covers and they're covered with blood. Oh, what? You could see the blood on her hands? Yeah, you didn't notice that? No, man, I I couldn't tell anything that was going on here. And previously we had just seen that the girl's sheets had blood on them, so we assume she's just started to menstruate. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the mom got the blood and she licks the blood off her fingers oh
1: god see so, i didn't pick up on any of that watching it uh i, I just thought the mom got kind of weird uh I, yeah i, I didn't uh, see that blood or anything but you could make out the blood on her hands i mean in your defense that's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah that part was that was kind of weird yeah I, I thought that was weird but then yeah reading about it that like yeah the the mom basically uh, assaulted her there
0: that's 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 pretty messed up yeah yeah that i was i was able to discern okay all right. um, so the girl struggles free from her mother's grip, and her mom like runs out into the night. And the next morning, the daughter finds her dead out in the snow with a black snake on top of her body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the Wikipedia said covered in snakes. I remember I'll... only seeing one. Yeah, I only saw one snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So she also before that her. Alburn finds, like, a deer skull, maybe, or a goat skull in the snow. I don't know oh. what that was supposed to signify. Oh, I, I
1: don't know if I remember that part.
0: Oh, is that, like, in the next morning when she, like, walks out? Yeah, before right she, before finds, she finds her mom's body. Okay. And for some reason, from the audio, as the mom, like, ran out of the cabin, I got the impression that she, like, killed and ate the cat on her way out. <laughs> they had a cat? I don't think that actually happened, though. They did have oh. a cat. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perhaps emphasis on had. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that explains why the cat wasn't there the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next chapter is Horn, entitled Horn, and it's years later. Auburn is a grown woman caring for an infant daughter. Very probable that the cat has died of natural causes at this <laughs> point. Yeah. Um, and dude, we see this, not to get weird, we see this baby naked a lot. What is uh, the acceptance of like whether or not you can show a naked baby in a movie? Um, I, I thought it had to do with it being like the a,
1: a period piece uh, where like back then they didn't have clothes on babies perhaps. And so um, kind of like how in Titanic it's okay to, to show nudity because back then... Um, <laughs> People <laughs> asked to paint you. Yeah, it was just a, the just a thing you did with the times, so uh, maybe, maybe they just figured in the context of the times that this was appropriate, but you, you felt like that was kind of pushing the lines a bit?
0: I don't know, it's just it's something I've thought about before, like when you see a naked baby in a movie, just like, when, yeah. is, is that okay, and like at what age is that, I don't know.
1: I know, and then that baby's going to grow up and like know that the whole world's like seen them. Yeah. Like a,
0: that's going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, she tends goats Albrin, and uh we get a scene. you can look this scene up I in looking for uh, interviews with the director I noticed that this scene by itself is on YouTube. Oh no really So you can look up I think it's just Hagazo Hagazuza goat scene God and Alburn is milking a goat and just masturbating while she's doing it and she's kind of like feeling up the goat and she's really like letting the milk flow into her bare hands and like running it through her fingers
1: yeah it's yeah. pretty that gross was, yeah that was visually like really gross because it's like yeah this pure white milk over like her kind of like blackened fingers and, and then the noise here too like you can like kind of just hear like her kind of moaning and uh, yeah like clicking her tongue or something
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is a messed up movie Yeah, yeah. this was a disturbing scene though, right? Yeah, yeah depending crazy. on how you feel about it Yeah, I feel about goats <laughs> um, So as she's walking the milk into town Some boys start harassing her They call her a witch, they're throwing rocks at her And a local woman stops them And it's kind of friendly with Albert Which you get the impression is kind of a change of pace Yes, Cause it's, it seems like her, her and her mother seemed like they were pariahs, and that seems like it's the case now still. So the woman eventually comes to visit her house. She brings her an apple and, like, strikes up a sort of a friendship with her. Mm-hmm. But they're both very quiet, and they don't say much. Um, and there's a scene where she comes back to her house and says, like, the local priest wants to see her. And the priest gives her the skeleton of her... Or the skull of her mother. And says something to her to the effect of, To strengthen the faith of a righteous community, all sacrilege must be cleansed. I don't really know what that meant if he thought she was, like, engaging in paganism and was like, Hey, like, clean up your act.
1: Yeah. That, that's that's the vibe I got and I, I think like every interaction up until this point is like building it up that like there're these outcasts uh, who like society hasn't accepted and I feel like the priest was just kind of like laying that on like kind of saying uh, you know yeah, to, to to make our community right and stuff you need to get rid of like those feelings you have or whatever um, so I, I think they was just kind of highlighting that right yeah <laughs>
0: get rid of those goat feelings
1: yeah stop stop masturbating those goats
0: <laughs> yeah. I live right next door to you I see it (laughs) no she she lives in a pretty isolated little house yep uh free for the goat masturbating but Swinda leads uh then comes back to her house some other time and leads her down the mountains and introduces her to what I thought was Swinda's husband oh okay apparently it was just a stranger according to whoever wrote the wikipedia plot yeah, they, I mean, it could have been the husband, but yeah, this, apparently someone knows Yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, they all lie down in the grass, and they're just kind of like enjoying the day, and Swinder rolls over, holds Alburn down, and the guy starts to rape her.
1: I, again, like, I totally missed that this was like a rape happening. Like, how, how do you know he got, she got raped? Really?
0: Bam. Yeah. <laughs> in your defense, I, this movie was so slow that I was often like scrolling through my phone, so... Yeah, I feel like I was on Instagram half the time, but uh, <laughs> I I don't know like
1: uh like all you see like the the visual of like her being raped, which uh, it's like her face next to uh, her friend's face, Swilda is that her name? Swinda. Swinda. Yeah, and then uh, a hand over her throat, and then um,
0: and she's making like her eyes are wide, right? Yeah, and her head is like moving up and down as if someone is thrusting. Oh, I missed that. Okay. Yeah. So, what did you make of just a hand on her throat while her
1: eyes bulged? Uh, I, I mean, like uh, this whole movie was just like so slow and so little was happening. I just figured she was just hanging out there, like thinking, <laughs> like, oh, why, That's just how why they is this hang? Yeah, yeah. Why is this window hanging out so closely? But yeah, yeah. I, I guess in retrospect, uh, a, a rape probably makes uh, that. Yeah, that that
0: seems like what happened. Yeah. Um, and like. Swinda's kind of, like, almost seeming like she's, like, sensually enjoying it, too. hmm Because she's, like, she's, grinning, right? She's grinning, and she whispers in her ear, like, it's disgusting how all of you stink or something. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I,
1: th- I think of this part, like, do you get the sense that
0: Swinda's actually, like, not this, like, friendly person that we've been thinking her to be? Right, right. The whole time, you kind of were a little bit uneasy about that friendship, but here, Swinda has revealed herself. Yeah, right. Um... The next morning, or I guess just like sometime later, Alburn wakes on the hillside and goes home. You ever notice she leaves her baby alone in this cabin for a long time?
1: I like was wondering what frequently. The, yeah, I was wondering what like the daycare situation was here. Cause, <laughs> yeah, who's <yeah. laughs> watching that kid?
0: <laughs> the goats. Yeah. Um, so the next morning, she goes home. She finds out that all her goats have been taken, aside from one that's been slaughtered. And the last scene in this chapter is her praying to her mom's skull, which she has positioned in the corner of her cabin. And that that was like a skull that the priest gave to her, right? Yes. Yeah. I assumed it
1: was her mother's skull. I think so. I mean, yeah, that's what the page says. But there was nothing really to tell us that. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the next chapter is called "Blood," and Albern is pissed. She kills a rat in her home and she puts it in the stream that it's in the town's drinking water. How, and how takes did... a shit in it too <laughs> right. two things uh, one, how did you know that was the town's drinking water? Um, it, I don't know. I guess like sometimes in movies there are visual cl- <laughs> visual clues. <laughs> yeah you, you got to get off Instagram.
1: No, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I watched this movie twice. Like, watched it once, I didn't understand like 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 yeah, 80% of what happened. I couldn't understand what, what happened. Then I read the Wikipedia page. And I was like, "Oh, man, all this happens." So then I watched it again. But then I was trying to tie it back cuz yeah, it says that she pees in the in the in the the water source for the village. But I watched that scene again. There's no way that's like uh water source here. or like some kind of sign that says like don't pee. This is the village's water source or something. Like, how, how did you
0: get that? <laughs> Please don't pee, and there's an, a sign with an X through a dead rat. That's how they do it in Chicago, man. <laughs> <Keep> all are <laughs> your dead rats on that side of the stream. Um, exactly. I thought she pooped, because there was some discoloration in the water that was on the brown side. I thought she was, like, so dehydrated that her
1: pee was, like, yellowish-brown, but yeah, you might be right. It mm. could, could be pooped. But... Yeah, I, I, well, I, yeah, but but then what what gave it away to you that like this was like her like,
0: being like fuck you town pretty much. I just don't know why else you would poop in water. Yeah, I mean Unless a lot of this. Unless you're scenes... in the twenty first century and we all poop in water <laughs> in the Western <laughs> world. True, true. So so watching that
1: scene, you felt like it was clear, like oh, she's obviously like sabotaging, the the town here. Yeah, I
0: got that vibe. She had a pretty menacing look in her face as well. Wow. Yeah. Damn. You're good, man. And then later she heads into town and sees someone carting away a dead body. And you put that together? I, yeah, I assumed that was maybe even Swinda who died from an ailment from drinking that water. Damn, yeah. Um, and sh- during the scene when she's kind of like walking around the mountains, she's got her baby with her. She eats a magic mushroom in the woods and starts tripping a bit. Mm-hmm. And she walks into a bog and drowns her baby. Yeah, that was a rough scene. Yeah, it's from behind, and you just see her holding, like her arms position, like she's holding the baby, and you hear the baby crying. She lowers the baby, and the crying stops.
1: Yeah, you know that's interesting. So much of this film, like the, the scary parts, like the rape, um, uh, the mother or uh, dying, and, and like this baby being killed, like it kind of happens off screen in a way. It's just like more implied, almost.
0: Yeah, it, it's. Um, it toes a line. Like, it's still pretty gross and hard to watch without yeah. being explicit. Yeah. 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 That's true. It's still very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, the next chapter is called Fire. She awakes from sleep the next morning. There's a snake crawling on her. I don't know why. She hears her mother's voice calling her and sees her mother. And I think she's still tripping on these shrooms. Mm-hmm. And she discovers the body of her drowned baby and is a bit like grossed out and grieved by it and i didn't know how the baby got there but it's said in wikipedia that she carried the baby home the body oh okay which i don't really know there was also a scene in that bog underwater where like she goes under and then there's a bunch of blood oh yeah right i don't yeah. know what that was about yeah <laughs> yeah definitely some symbolism going on um she is holding her dead baby <laughs> And sees that this, she looks at this cauldron where she's got a pot of boiling soup and decides to boil the baby, which she then eats in its entirety and vomits. Mm-hmm. This is pretty gross. Yeah, and you see, it's not explicit, but you see her eating, it'd be like if someone was eating one of those tiny chickens from that you buy from the grocery store that's already cooked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of breaking it apart, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty gross, and... The sound design here is is also pretty sickening. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's still kind of tripping on these shrooms, apparently, assumedly. She um, starts seeing things in the cabin, and she runs outside. The next morning, like, as the sun's coming up, we see her, and her eyes are, like, all milky and opaque. She collapses on the mountain, and her body catches on fire, and that's the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, like this fire, like, on the mountain. Yeah think she
0: was a vampire this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if that if her catching fire was just symbolism or if there was something truly supernatural going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I assume this was all just like a trip and her being depressed and like the end product of her being persecuted by her community. Right. Um, and I mean, she, yes, it's horrible that she killed her baby, but- without those goats she had no way to feed either of them oh so you think she did it to eat I think she did it because she was just tripping. hopeless oh. like and probably tripping on shrooms too Yeah, I don't think she did it with the intention of eating the baby but yeah it was, it was there you don't let a good baby go to waste I guess you see a pot boiling and you're holding a dead baby yeah <laughs> you put it together <laughs> and uh, I don't mean to be jokey about this. This this truly was very disturbing to me. Yeah. And any time, you know, I've got a 10-month-old and a 3-year-old, so any parent, parental horror is really extra gut-punchy to me. Sure. So Yeah. I'm making light of it as a coping mechanism. <laughs> um, We're very sad inside. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but what do you think, man? What do you uh, think? You know- is like really happening here and and did you like this movie?
1: Yeah I mean I think going back to, to what you said like um, I, I know the director came out and he kind of said like the, his, the concept here is uh, a woman uh, who's been kind of ostracized by society and like the way uh, the town is kind of against her and drives her to become um, you know go down this dark path of you know kind of succumbing to these dark tendencies and ultimately like killing and uh, eating her baby um, is more of like a A subject of of the times that she was living in And so I like the fact that they took that approach Of like showing a a witch but like through the lens Of how someone might fall into that
0: Category Uh, what, what, what did you think Was that like your interpretation of what happened It wasn't really but after I heard Him say that it did kind of like put more Of it together to me it's almost like A chicken and the egg situation like She wasn't a witch But people will tell these Tales of her and it's really Perhaps the community that pushed Her yeah to do these things,
1: right? It was almost like, uh, yeah, the, her surroundings kind of led her to this in a way. Um, right. Wait. So, when when you watched it though, what, what was your impression? Did you think she was like a witch, or there was
0: something sinister going on there? I didn't really think there was any supernatural stuff going on. And the first time I saw the ending, I assumed it was her house burning down. Like I thought she set her own house on fire.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then I was like, oh. I read it in the plot and went back and watched the end, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's her body. Because you kind of see it from a distance on this hillside.
1: I kind of got the impression that it was like the house, too, but that, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I don't totally know what to believe. There's nothing in this movie that makes me, that couldn't be easily explained away by psychosis, and perhaps psychosis brought on by the mushrooms, and just like a hard life of solitude. Yeah. Except for the fire, which is not something you perceive through the character's eyes like right it's not it's no longer through the character's lens so yeah it's a bit so more like, objective seeming but it still could have been symbolic true but like to
1: have like the one like fact of the movie like come at the end like that like at, at that point like I was I think I was like so gone like out of this movie or just like so bored that like I didn't really care
0: that those like
1: she'd like turned a fire a fire
0: but yeah that would man be I mean That's definitely an issue with these really slow movies for me. It's like, if there's a little bit of question as to what's going on, eventually I just no longer care. It's like, (laughs) how important is it to me, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And again, like, you know, a character... I wouldn't say there that Alberin was hard to like, but there wasn't really much to grab onto. Yeah, I don't think they really...
1: uh, It's interesting, because it was a very slow movie, but do you feel like they gave her a lot of character because it's not like she had a, n- a number of interactions where you could like kind of get to know her personally outside of the fact that you know she's into goats but uh out- outside of that like did you feel like you knew her at all
0: no not really like I almost felt like I knew her as a little girl better even though she barely had any lines like right um she was just like very dutiful and wide-eyed and yeah yeah yeah, she kind of got my heart there too, and then yeah, when she when
1: she's older, she's like, and I, I guess purposefully, she's like this very distant, remote kind of uh, person who like says very few lines, and um, yeah, I, right. I, th- I think I'm, I'm sure that was
0: purposeful on their part. Yeah, it is, and and I think it was portrayed well. Like everyone did, what I think the like director's vision came to fruition here, but it's just a vision that doesn't really. Is not easy to grab onto in terms it of isn't. personally relating to the character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, or the plot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like, did this movie even really have much of a,
0: in a way of a plot? No, I didn't. Like, um, so, in screenwriting, they talk about, like, certain plot points, and, like, the first one of any movie is the backstory, mm-hmm. and it's often, like, the first, even, like, five to ten minutes. Yeah. And then, like within 30 minutes one of the plot points that's supposed to happen is called in some it depends on like whose book of screenwriting you read but it could be called like the big event an event Mm -hmm. that happens that forever changes the character's life and gives them a goal going forward yeah but even the mom's death is really just kind of part of the character's backstory because the story is really about adult alburn yeah, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. So it's really like a 30 minute backstory when most movies have that as like a five to 10 minute chunk. Yeah. And I would say the big event that really characterizes the rest of the characters, like really gives the character a goal, if you could say that, or like changes right. the per- the character's life is the rape scene. Sure. And that's almost like an hour into the movie when that's typically something that happens in the first 20 to 30 minutes. Right, right, yeah. So I think I'm just trying to like put some math into why it feels so slow
1: yeah that's interesting i, I mean i, I almost I, I hear what you're saying uh i wonder though because yeah the the mother thing is is more of like kind of uh a long like dragged out uh backstory but then uh throughout the movie i know like there are parts you hear like the mom calling her name or something or like even like when she gets that uh skull face and like putting it uh in her uh place like i feel like a lot of throwbacks so i i feel like the director keeps like trying to like remind you of like what happened or like her relationship with their mother or something, and then yeah, the rape. I, I agree with you. Like reading the plots, it is. It does seem like like that's kind of like the big turning point or the big, um, you know, uh, thing that ignites the the plot here. But uh, the fact that like the first time I watched, it, I barely realized like it was a rape. Uh, kind of makes me wonder like what the intent was there.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: like it, like do you feel like the the production of like if the rape is kind of like the big thing, like do you feel like it was like stark enough or like. Um, like they they hit on it hard enough for like as if you're like shocked when it happens. I think it was hit hard enough.
0: <laughs> Frankly, yeah. I'm pretty surprised that you didn't <laughs> I, I didn't catch what. on.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe I had the volume too low. Half the time
0: I was I thought like the, there was no like sound in the movie, and then yeah, that must have been the volume was low. Yeah, I mean there's no music. That, even the sound itself, like it's all quiet sounds that are kind of loud in the context of the movie, but um yeah but yeah it is a fairly quiet movie it's a quiet setting yeah there's only a few people in it and the music is sparse and it's just when you do hear it it's just a, a drone yeah like exactly. a beautiful ominous drone yeah right
1: yeah no I, I think i think everything's kind of like a little bit underplayed uh in this film yeah which also kind of makes it feel a little bit slow it's very stark the setting is beautiful yeah yeah right I, th- I think like the setting is probably like a, almost like a character in itself in this film, um, yeah. just like the mountains and in the town and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's a very like talking about it moving slow. There's just like a lot of space in the movie, time-wise. Like scenes mm-hmm. take a long time to happen. Yeah. Not a lot happens. Like story-wise, you it almost feels like you could have done this in a short film. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and it's stretched out. Yeah. With like some filler.
1: Filler? like Yeah, every scene just kind of drags, um, and I think you're right, it's just like them kind of taking their time uh, to do that, um, but yeah, I, I, I like the story, I think the story's like really cool and interesting, it's a great way to look at a witch in that, that context, but yeah, why did they have to drag it out so much?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit dragged out, it could've could have been livened up a bit, but you know, that's not the type of movie this dude was trying to make, I, I get the uh, the vibe. This guy, I think he, uh, his background
1: might be like photography or something I, I read somewhere, which kind of oh, really? makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. Cause I feel like this movie is like a visual, like, like very like visually, uh, appealing and artistic.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, at. the cinematography is, is really incredible. It's very, very well done. Very well right. shot. But, but you agree like there were some pacing issues here? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, I think that's the type of movie he was wanting to make, but it's not the type of movie I typically want to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah,
0: it kind of reminds me of that feeling when like you're trying
1: to turn in like a homework assignment and it has to be like four pages, <laughs> and so like you're squeezing the margins and like you're double spacing it and trying to increase the font a little bit. I, I feel like they're just stretching this out
0: unnecessarily. I know the teacher said this goat masturbation thing only had to be one paragraph, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I make could, it a really big paragraph. Yeah, I could go up with this. <laughs> Maybe she runs the milk through her fingers. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> that You know, the, there was some uh, great, like, imagery. I, I think that milk, uh, uh, did you notice? Um, so, yeah, the, there's the milk coming from the goats. And then, like, when that girl bites, um, the, or when the woman bites the peach or whatever, that it's kind of, like, milky. Um, I feel like there's another scene or two where, like, milk is kind of featured. Oh, maybe, like, when the baby's, like, drinking the milk and stuff. Um, yeah, or even I at s- the end, her eyes are, like, white and milky. Yeah. I think that was, like, a, a theme here or something. It's kind of yeah. symbol. Did you pick up on, uh, like, you have any interpretations of, like, uh, what, what, like, the the intent or the, the meaning was behind all of this? No,
0: not really. Like, all the milk? <laughs>
1: yeah, all the milk.
0: <laughs> I don't know, He's man. Like, Get your vitamin D. Yeah. I think this movie
1: was brought to you by the letter M, because uh, you <laughs> had milk, you had mothers, you had masturbation, uh, you had menstruation, uh, you had mountains. Um, I think we
0: keep going, but you man, know what I'm going, right? That's impressive, man.
1: Yeah. I, I kept like, I, I felt like that, that, that M letter kept coming to my mind when I was watching this.
0: Yeah. Moaning.
1: Moaning. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Murder. Yep. Murder. There was a murder.
0: Yeah. Shoot. Hmm. I think we nailed it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, <laughs> uh, Let's see, zero to five handfuls of goat milk. What do you give this? Uh, he, yeah, I, I'd probably
1: probably two handfuls of goat milk, man. Just because uh, it was, yeah, visually appealing. Sound was great. Acting obviously amazing, but the story like just didn't have enough to keep me uh, going. Or I uh, realized what was going on. How about yeah. you?
0: Yeah, I give it a one and a half.
1: Same. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Yeah. S- um, same. Same reasons or anything else? Yeah, it's just it's just really slow and depressing and bleak, and I just. I don't like that type of movie. i the story itself too is just so uh so sparse I, it's felt yeah. like like we said felt a little stretched out,
1: yeah, I'm with you that I think this could have been an amazing short film or something like uh just like if you'd pulled out like an hour or a half hour or something like yeah
0: forget. yeah, I mean there's no traditional like horror elements too, which we haven't even mentioned. like all the horror comes from just disgusting or um like cruel events.
1: Yeah, you don't think like some of the disturbing visuals you see, whether it's like those guys outside with the goat masks on, or um, the the snake, uh, or, or like the dead goats or anything like that, like you didn't feel like that was uh, too much of a horror visual? Mm,
0: I mean, it was not really. Yeah. I guess it's enough to qualify this as a horror movie, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just saw a snake Tuesday. like that yesterday yeah it's, it didn't like scare you or anything no there are big snakes around here man they're called black rat snakes and they're not poisonous but they can get big wow damn that's that scared the hell out of me <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> uh you're a city boy yeah I guess yeah yeah I try, try to avoid those snakes yeah yeah man it's weird moving from the city to the country life, life gets a different fast in some ways you just get used to it really quick yeah as soon as I had to like untangle a dead black rat snake from some animal netting in my yard I, that was the turning point oh, for man. Me, on like a 95 degree day god if that was like even something I had to do
1: I'd just like move back to the city right away <laughs> <laughs> that's way too much that was definitely
0: like the worst 30 minutes to an hour of my life It was a it was a dead one though yeah, and I was trying not to, like, litter by, like, throwing this animal net again to the woods, and I immediately regretted it. It was I was trying to, like, keep the turkeys out of my garden, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, eh, something, like, really, all this is going to do is make an animal get stuck, and I'm going to have to get them out of it. So I took it away from my garden and, like, tossed it, like, under my house, uh-huh. and a snake made a nest in it.
1: God, and then it like, got trapped in there. all these
0: giant white eggs. And oh, one day God. I went out there and all the eggs were gone and the snake had been killed by something. Oh my God. And it was like all tangled up in this netting. What do you think that was? Um, maybe like a raccoon or something. We had a bobcat in that old house, so could have been the bobcat. Huh. Damn man. That's scary. Yeah. I don't know how you, how you do it out there. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was a tangent. Um, anything else? Um, no,
1: I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I think we hit on everything. All right. Pretty interesting watching. It's on, uh, did you watch it on Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on, on Prime.
0: Um, And Blake, no no hard feelings. Thanks for the recommendation. Just uh, not our style. It was fun to talk about. It was, yeah. I'm, and I will say this about both this and The Lodge. i thought about them a lot after I watched them. Yeah, it kind of stuck with you. Yeah, they stick with me, I, and I feel like maybe I should give these higher ratings for that purpose, but I still don't like them. Oh, okay, I was I was going to bump up your rating of The Lodge by like two, three points. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, yeah, that, that was like a half-star bump for thinking more about it, which is probably why <laughs> I gave this one a one and a half. I mean, yeah, and they yeah. are well-made movies, but it's just, you know, my ratings are my own personal feelings about the movie. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. There's something haunting and, and lingering about these films. Yeah. Definitely uh, okay, head. man. Any other tangents before we wrap things up? I'm good. Okay. All right, everybody. That has been our discussion on Hagazusa. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you can leave us a five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find our show, and we can get towards our goal of 100 views by the end of 2020. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to HorrorMovieClub.com and click on the social links button. And that's where we announce uh, the next movie we'll be talking about on Facebook and Twitter. There's also a link there for our Discord server where you can come hang out with us and other listeners. We always have a fun discussion going on on that Discord server. So come hang out. Um, our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. Check her out on Etsy.com by searching for Amy Mae Popart, all one word. As we mentioned, our Ohio connection is from Alex from Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. If you live near there, go pick up some beer or wine. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash club. And until next time, uh, life is short, so go milk yourself a goat. Hard. Yeah. <laughs>